Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we gotta shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Everybody was good. Everybody what is everybody was good. Everybody was good. Everybody was good. Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to Man to Man, where we bring you live updates, news, highlights, and entertainment all around the NBA. This is the best podcast out there right now. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the hoop star, Nash. What's up, Liam? What's good, bro? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I, uh... Just had a little mini vacation for the weekend, you know, got the the lake house all set up and came back today and uh, got some sun. Can you see the sun on my face? That I shit can see, is I can burning, see a little, bro. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what. We are frightened down here in Nashville, Tennessee right now. There's over <laughs> over 130,000 people yesterday. We had a huge storm, over 130,000 people without power right now. Uh, we have another severe storm right now. It's going crazy out there, dude. And the NAS is talking about. They are not uh, able to fix any of the, or a majority of the power lines for about a week. So yes. luckily, yeah, luckily uh, my mom's apartment, you know, it's an apartment complex. NES came out uh, around midnight last night to kind of get everything back up. But right. I got I got a couple of friends in Airbnbs right now. I'm like, is that, ne- I guess it is necessary, right? Like if they're there have, for a week. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have electricity or some stuff, I mean. That's the next best thing, right? Go somewhere that has it, right? Is that the thing? I guess where where the hell is Thomas uh, Edison at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where the light bulbs at, man? The light bulbs, man. Gotta gotta stick to the candles now. But Liam, it's it's good being back, brother. Um, you know, we apologize for being absent for you know such a short period of time. We are staying busy right now, like everyone else, um, with family. You know, helping out in any way that we can as this coronavirus pandemic seemingly continues to run its course and conclusively conveying itself to the public eye that everyone in the world is going to get COVID-19 if you step outside, which has ultimately, Liam, led our governments to exclude small businesses from reopening sustainable living, yet allowing large corporations like Lowe's and Home Depot, uh, and of course, the top 1% to proceed in normal operation, as well as just people working from home right now. So, um, does it really make sense to me? I mean, not really. There are people working from home, but then other people physically need to go back to work. So it's a lot of adversity in these times right now. Exactly. I mean, it's just those are the cir- circumstances that we all are facing right now, you know. But here at Man to Man, we like to, you know, stay on the positive note. We're positive people, right? Yeah. Um, we just know that there is a lot of individuals out there and we keep preaching this you keep hearing this about you know people that you know are are going through things or certain people that you know are affected really like 
health wise to this. So we just want to, mm-hmm. you know, keep our our thoughts and prayers to them and give our thoughts and prayers to them um, always because um, yeah. that's a it's a strange time and it's a hard time to get through, especially if it's affected you in that in that great of a capacity, right? No doubt, no doubt. But this is an NBA podcast, podcast, so we're we gonna. Do. We're going to try to talk about the NBA in, in some sort of fashion. Um, what do we do? What do we say? I don't know. Oh, but we got we got some good things lined up tonight. So we're just going to get right into it. Hoop. Yeah. What we got first on our on our dinner plate, as they may say. Uh, we got some barbecue chicken, my guy, my guy. Uh, nah, shout out Shaq. Uh, invite me to that steakhouse in Las Vegas. Um, so this is what these are the updates right now with COVID and the NBA. I mean, what are the high-level officials, the execs? What is Adam Silver currently saying about the league? Is the NBA season going to continue? Or oh my goodness, are we really just going to have to sit here all summer and watch lifeless 2K <laughs> tournament and unexciting games? Of course, I have no idea, um, but we do actually. So we're going to inform you about it. As of now, um, Adam Silver says anything is still possible. Anything's up for grabs right now. He has been encouraging general manager, managers and owners to speak up about creative ideas, literally anything right now. But overall, Liam, the league remains encouraged, and everyone is pretty still optimistic that basketball will return this season. The big question is where. So with sources around the league saying um, right now we got about – two different places that are in uh, these, these best two options for the NBA to continue the Orlando's Walt Disney world complex. It appears to be the front runner um, for this NBA bubble is what they're going to try to call it. They're going to try to compact the whole NBA into one of these places. Um, but it's, that's not confirmed yet. They don't, Adam Silver doesn't want to do a bubble. So that's not completely confirmed yet. We're just talking about where these games can get played for now. So that's the Walt Disney world complex. And then it's the MGM grand in Las Vegas. They recently pitched for a quarantine enclosed campus. Um, MGM visualizes, they are proposing a fully quarantined campus, essentially one full block away from the Las Vegas strip. As we all know, we're, I mean, yeah, we're it's sin city. Everything can happen there, all the bad things, but they are proposing that players and families, they will host players and families in private rooms with access to lounges, spas, restaurants, and of course, other perks at the hotel, um, like gambling, shout out Michael Jordan. But I mean, the centerpiece of this proposal, Liam, is at the Mandalay Bay Resort, which has about 5,000 rooms at uh, and, you know, three connected hotels at the southern end of the Las Vegas Strip, the Mandalay Bay, the Four Seasons and Delano, Delano. Sorry, I've never been to Las Vegas. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, But they are proposing as many as 24 basketball courts uh, that could be potentially built at the convention center at Mandalay Bay. And Already at the Bay, um, they host the uh, WNBA team, the Aces. So um, I guess they're saying five of the courts would be used to telecast games. The others would be used for practice. Right. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you got to think of something. And we see that um, the Worldwide of Sports came out firstly and just was like, hey, we can do it. We're already kind of set up for that, right? And then Mm -hmm. MGM kind of came in, you know. And said we could also do something as well if that's easier or you know you gotta have options in that. But for MGM, let's just run through the the cons and the, the pros and cons of it. Um, just because for me, like you said, it's Sin City. Like I don't think, I mean, if you've ever been to Las Vegas before, 
I have and is one of I think one of the most dirtiest places that you <laughs> could even imagine. It just has that feel to it, you know. It's a, yeah. a dirty kind of atmosphere. You can sniff it in the air, right? But right as you walk in. Um, but yeah, first thing on that my thought list of that is just like anything that we propose or try to do, it is going to. I mean, you can write it out and it can sound, you know, it can sound right and it can sound good, but it's um, it's not realistic in terms of as simple as it is as it is on paper, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you can sit there and make all these good things. Just kind of like the first thing that we heard was the Walt Disney thing. Right. And right. that sounded really good, but you don't know how, you know, easy how that's going to be. Out. Right. Yeah. Um, because we do see the NBA having these guidelines um, put in place already of, um, you know, trying to, Test all the players first. They did that. And if you're still having symptoms and stuff, you're going to have to be retested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 25-day gap there of the training and the – I don't know. You brought this. I didn't know that was uh, officially the the ruling. But, yeah, you, right. we're going to have this 25-day period in which these teams are going to go through training camp basically over again, right, before Just they Just to start. get back in basketball shape and form, yeah. Right. And, I mean – it's hard enough just to to get in the form again, but then when you bring in outside factors of like fans and stuff, they're gonna go in there, and it's gonna be hard to just contain that bubble in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, on paper, you're right; it looks good, but at the end of the day, you know, being a part of a team, that's fine, but you gotta look at everybody beyond that, right? You have to look at mm-hmm coaches you have to look at the staff training staff um i don't know they got chefs that cook for them in this resort and that's just going to be the biggest thing for me of like to really contain this bubble it's going to be hard especially in somewhere like las vegas right like you were saying so i don't know i think at the end of the day is a good idea but i don't know if this is the best thing for the nba to do that um but Mm -hmm. who knows but on the positive side you know they, the MGM, they do know how to host basketball events, like you were saying. They they host the Aces, you know. I mean, it's one team, but they they have that staff and that capacity to to do that, right? Right. And then they do have the the hotel, you know, and the environment where you know you can just go. You don't have to go anywhere else, like in Walt Disney World. You're gonna have to travel to. I mean, different sections of the resort to get to these different courts. And mm-hmm. that's that's the uh, hardest thing about, you know, traveling is you're going to run into people, right? Especially in this capacity of having all the teams there, right? Yeah, no but, doubt. I mean, it is I – think, I think that's all you can do right now is, you know, get a good good plan and and see if it will actually work out. Yeah. Well, when I look at these two, te- when I look at these two places, you got the Rona. You good? You got the Rona? Bro, don't even. You got Rona? No, I got the Corona. Beer. All right, all right. Hey, hold on, hold on now. All right. So, I mean, these two places are complete opposites. Like you were just talking about with the cons, uh, they're in Las Vegas. Um, there's, you know, potentially could be at risk exposing themselves to go out for a night in Las Vegas. I mean, outside of this bubble that um, you're talking about and you know, other, there's so many people that do betting in, uh, on sports in Las Vegas. There's so many people that want to 
see the players. I mean, this is, this is all these teams and their families can pack together. I don't, it sounds like it's going to be really stressful. Plus what you were talking about with the, the 25 day training and then probably the full two months of the playoffs. I mean, no telling when we're going to start and then no telling when we're going to end. And so it just doesn't, like you're saying, it's more simpler on paper um, and it's not that realistic or it's, it's harder once you actually try to piece those puzzles together. But then, like, for the pros, yeah, I totally agree with you where it's, um, you know, they've had experience hosting a WNBA team before. They've had that atmosphere. So that is a little uh, – I guess that's an experience on the resume you could put down. But here's what I'm thinking about the Orlando Resort, um, at the, the Walt Disney uh, World Complex, is when you weigh these two options of playing either uh, Orlando or Las Vegas – I've actually heard talk that sources uh, from around the league appear to favor the idea of hosting the rest of the season at the Walt Walt Disney World Complex and using uh, the ESPN wide world of sports facilities, which already have hosted uh, numerous basketball events and is what they're saying, broadcast ready. So they've done a bunch of this stuff like this already in Orlando. I mean, that's where when I was, you know, younger, that's where we held our nationals every year. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I've been there. I've seen that they, they have. I mean, they could have, I think, up to like 17 courts at one time of games being played. So they can definitely do it. It's not that they can't do it. It's just like you were just mentioned, it's going to be just putting those puzzle pieces together, right? Yeah. And, and really, they have what MGM is offering. They have the hotel facilities. Um, but I think the primary advantage that it holds is uh, <laughs> that it's on a private property on the Disney complex so it's relatively easy to seal off the area and keep fans out and players in uh, rather than there's hotels you know right next to each other there's a bunch of stuff going around in las vegas i think this is definitely the better idea um proceeding forward with with the nba season's return so I'll, i'll stop you there and i'll tell you this i think the biggest thing that i've come from this and this is i hate to say this but i've heard this have i mean obviously we talk about it because this is how I mean, those. What else are you gonna do? You're gonna either start the season up or you're gonna not start the season up. Right. But I'm I'm thinking I don't want the season to come back this year. Mm. I've I've jumped on it and I I thought about it and I said, I mean, there's a couple of things why I don't want it, why the the season shouldn't come back, and because first of all, the first thing is the 25 day period. You know, that's that's almost the whole half of a season not half a season, but a good chunk of a season just to get practice in to start a season or the playoffs or wherever you're going to put plug in these, these teams. So that's just like, I know it's like a season. You had a season. Now you're starting a new season to have another season, which is the playoffs. So I don't get that. I think that's, I don't like that at all. I mean, nonetheless, it's just, if I'm the player, yes, I can get back into it, but you're telling me if I'm a, an eight seed or whatever seed, and I was pushing right. for a six seed. I'm gonna have to play the best team, and there, there it is, right there. The the, the cards are stacked against me, yeah. so I don't like that in terms of that. Um, the other thing is, and I I think this is the only reason I came up with with this thought was that because of the MJ, you know, doc, and we'll go into the details of that, but. The biggest question of this year was, is LeBron James going to win a championship in L.A., right? Right. And my thing is, if he if he wins a championship in L.A. this year, 
either way, if he wins it or loses it, if they come back or not, it's gonna be it's gonna be tainted either way. Because if he wins it, the, everybody's gonna say, oh, because it was a short season, and whatnot, right? And if mm-hmm. he loses it, then he can turn around and say, oh, you know, the same people could say, oh, well, you know, his fans. Oh, I didn't win it because it was a fucked up season, basically. You know, so either way, and I mean, I guess the biggest thing is I want LeBron James to be, you know, talked about as being the best in in the NBA or overall, the goat, right? And with this going on, this is not not going to help him either way. If the season starts or not, I'd rather them just scratch it and say come back next year. You know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. It, listen, if you sought out the rest of the season, um, I, I guess you're pretty much diluting the idea that if LeBron wins and he has more time, like a false conception, misconception almost, that if LeBron wins it, then he's had more time, or there's like some, there's some, um, I guess I don't know what it, I don't know. I guess there's a false misconception that you've had more time to win it than you win it. But if you if you don't win it, if like LeBron James, then you have some sort of excuse. Right. And um, it, no matter what of this year, there's going to be that little star, that little asterisk, and say 2020, shortened season, or mm-hmm. 2020, whatever they want to say of, you know, corona, COVID-19 year or something. I don't know. There's always going to be in the history books that mark of saying, this season was a ride because of the the pandemic, and right. everybody's going to have a question of: Does he actually deserve it? Did we force this, or if he loses it, exactly what you said, he's going to have an excuse in which people, you know, that look at him through history are going to be like, "No, I mean, it doesn't matter. This was a, a fucked up season. That's why he didn't win it." You know, right? It could definitely go both ways, but. It is what it is right now. So that's what that's what ha- that's what's happening right now. And let's say one of these places end up working out. They are talking about um, obviously there's going to be fanless games. They're going to rely on robotic cameras with a closer, innovative angle of the action. That would be kind of cool to watch. Um, television play by play, and you know, game analysts could call out the games from home. I mean, we, we've we've all seen like ESPN. We all saw the draft, and like it, it's going to look like that for a, a very long time, uh, at least the next couple months with sports like that. But that's essentially what they're talking about. Um, ultimately, talking about coming back if there were games played no fans you know the mgme that's why they don't like the mgm idea because fans are obviously going to want to see lebron and all those bigger players um but you know we'll see that happen and then just more updates around the league this is what they're trying to do so they're at least trying to to put in a a sort of plan to go forward right now the nba uh, originally um came out with a statement adam silver came out with a statement last week and said they are allowed to open up practice facilities on May 1st to players in cities and states where local governments have eased the stay-at-home order. But now, obviously, it's pushed back to May 8th, which is this coming Friday. But, I mean, you know, large group workouts are obviously prohibited. Um, But it just – it all kind of sounds like tossed up. Like Adam Silver is trying, but anything is still on the table. There was a couple – there was a couple players that – came out and it got leaked that they were like sneaking practices at these you know private oh i bet yeah like that's craziness to think that like i don't know it's just 
Oh, I, there's so many guys doing that now. No yeah. doubt. I mean, I don't know if they're going to the actual practice facilities, but I mean, they have a private, I mean, I don't know. Are you saying, a, are you saying actually the practice facilities or are you saying private gyms? So I'm saying like these guys that have private gyms have asked those players to come over, which is totally against the rules, which is considered a practice. If you have two or, or I think it's like three or four people on the same team, these guys are all at the same crib. Uh, so that's considered okay. a practice. And these te- other teams, you know, like Giannis, he, he he doesn't have a private gym. He said he didn't shoot a basketball for like 15 weeks or 15 Yeah, Jason Tatum doesn't have one either. And he just now got the opportunity to put some shots up. It was just like, it's unheard of. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, at least, you know, hopefully they don't change his day here in the next four days. <laughs> Guys are allowed to go back, but who knows, man? I mean, these, these dates – and what it, it started out the April 6th, 15th, 30th, 1st, 8th, who knows? Yeah. But uh, let's, uh, on a lighter note, let's kind of transition. My guy, Aaron Gordon, right? Sheesh. He comes out and we see that he, he, I mean, obviously he was upset about the dunk contest and the outcomes, right? But he, I think he, he wanted to take it a little bit, you know, a little shot at D-Wade. So he, yeah. he came out with this diss track, uh, you know, what is it, 9 for 10 or 9 out of 10 or whatever the hell it's called. 9 yeah. out of 10. 9 um, out of 10. And taking shots at my guy, you know, now he's going to be a, a Hall of Famer. But what's this about? Tell me what, what, what even came about of, would you do this if you were Aaron Gordon? If, is, does the dunk contest really mean that much? To go after, to go after my guy. I think so. All right, (laughs) let me let me just give you a little backstory on Aaron Gordon. Um, for many people who probably don't know, unless you've heard his name in the dunk contest, which is probably why it's such a big deal to him because he's such a great dunker. Right. Why he made this diss track? Gordon is a two-time People's Champ in the dunk contest. He's not a dunk contest. He's the people's champion. Okay? He, has so a, he has a one, one. Get the people what they want, man. So like, listen, in 2016, he was the winner in so many people's eyes, but he was the runner up um, in the Epic showdown against Zach Levine. I mean, obviously we know that Zach Levine's an insane dunker. Um, we were watching him play 2k in that 2k tournament. We actually put that video in our, our last episode. He was telling some dude, Deandre Aiden, who he's playing, man, out. You're lucky I didn't see me do a 360 free throw. And he was like, bro, that's not normal. So Zach Levine, that's totally fine. But here's where the D-Wade thing comes in. And this year's slam dunk contest, Gordon, you know, he put on another classic performance, you know, getting perfect scores on each of his first five dunks out of six. But ultimately, he lost to Derrick Jones Jr., who plays for the Miami Heat. And so the question is, okay, cool. What does D-Wade have to do with any of this? Dwayne uh, Wade was a, a judge, and he also, in his last season at Miami last year, was teammates with Derrick Jones Jr., who was a rookie. So, I mean, if it isn't clear by now, um, or if you haven't seen these two dunk contests, Aaron Gordon even said it himself, man, that he should have t- two trophies. Um, the person who ultimately cost him that trophy this year was Dwayne Wade, who so, I said, like I said, was one of the judges. Was he? It was. So you're saying was D Wade? Was he playing favorites or what? But let's – I mean, let's go through the dunks then first. Let's just go through the right. – the, so this year's dunk contest, first dunk, right? Mm-hmm. Between the legs, reverse dunk, you know, perfect 50, right? I mean, he came out just the gate. straight getting, out the bag. Getting the, 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 the crowd hype, he probably got himself hype. 
Same thing in the next one. Dunks over Chance the Rapper, right? Um, another 50. That's like, you. I mean, 250s is good, right? But yeah. um, then the third dunk, he does it with the, the TikTok or what? what I, I don't know the... What's her name? The TikTok. I, I guess those they were the group TikTok of people. Yeah, yeah. The, those. There was three. I think there was a couple. I don't know. The TikTokers. We'll, we'll just call them the TikTokers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he and he goes he goes again for a good good score there for a fifty, and then he brings out his teammate, show him some love, get folds back on on the main stage, you know, in front of a whole bunch of people, and um, I mean. So ultimately, I think what happened was Foles came out and he tosses it up to him um, off the side of the backboard, right? And mm-hmm. Gordon catches it with one hand and then threw it down like a off off the catch was like three sixty. Was that what it, how it came down? It was the best dunk in the in the contest for sure. Yeah, and that was that was the the fourth dunk, but he gets another fifty. So like you were saying, he's getting fifties, 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 fifties. Yeah. What else can this man do? Um, and then the last dunk of, of he brings Chance back out because I don't think I think him and Chance are what good friends or he just wanted I don't to get know. the clouds. Lovers, <laughs> lovers. <laughs> so he he brings Chance back out, and he does a reverse between the legs three sixty dunk, which is was I mean he can jump, which it was is not that I mean it's impressive, but it wasn't like a wow me dunk. But he gets another you know perfect score, and it's just like what right. what is going on here? Why? How do you how do you judge something when it's already perfect? You know what I mean? Right, every single time. And then that ultimately leads to that last dunk. So four dunks are in regulation, and right. then it went fifth and sixth. And so I, I guess essentially it went double overtime between him and Derek Jones Jr. The final dunk between him and Derek Jones Jr., Jones goes up with a win meal just inside the, the free throw line. <laughs> I guess it's cool, you know, like, I mean, he's, he took off from the three point line at the other end of the court. So, I mean, he ran, tried to do a Jordan (laughs) thing. He gets a 48 out of 50 on that. Really? So he gets a 48 out of 50. One of the judges who gave him a 10 was Dwayne Wade. So Gordon. So you're saying, you're saying D Wade can pass out tens. He passes out tens. <laughs> he passes out tens. His wife ain't one, but he does. All right, I ain't going to say that. That's my son. We'll cut that out. Yeah, oh, I guess up. we're live. Never mind. <laughs> All right, so Gordon comes out, and and this is and he brings out debatably the most popular rookie in the NBA. Mr. Can I get a Taco Tuesday fall? He dunks over a 7-foot-7 seven seven guy, and he gets a 47 out of 50. One of the judges who gave him a 9 – Mr. D Wade, I guess he threw away that 10 right before, right? So how does someone get perfect scores on all four regular dunks and still lose? I have no idea. So this is my thing. I mean, besides everything that happened real quick, let's just dive into how, why, why was it like that in the first place? Right. I think ultimately, I think that they were getting pressured in the first place. I think we talked about a little bit in our previous episodes, but I don't think D Wade, if he knew that Derrick Jones Jr. was in the dunk contest, I don't think D Wade should have been a judge just because he's going to be biased. So next year they got to focus on who's in it, and if you have 
too much affiliation or so much close affiliation, you're not a judge. That's what I'm. That's my. Yeah. That's my thing. But let's uh, let's listen to this little diss track real quick and see what he's all about, right? Let's see what, get it, dog. Come right. on, let's, let's play that it. heat. <laughs> no pun intended. I'ma keep his end. Nine out of ten, can you please fix your lens? Nine out of ten, got you playing pretend. Nine out of ten, here we go again. Nine out of ten, could've brought the family bands. Nine out of ten, are you making amends? Nine out of ten, I probably lost an M. This shit ain't nothing, man. Let it sink in. Even Adam Silver told me I deserve the gold. Didn't get the trophy, but I got something to hold. These n- Forgive me, bro, I won't sell my soul. Big chillin', paint me as a villain. I jumped over the biggest dude in the building. God willing, the best and then I still But yeah, I mean, we, we, we can hear it. I mean, he's just, he's low-key just attacking my guy. <laughs> he's yeah, out there, there just... There was one line in there that was just... <laughs> A little bit uncalled for, all right? I think he just couldn't think of anything else right there. Or maybe he was just pissed. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, ultimately, what else are you going to do right now in these times? He's probably feeling it. Like, I wish I could get back out on the court or something. Mm-hmm. And he comes out like, hey, I just got gypped for two years in a row. Let me come out with a diss track or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, but here's, here's my thing, though. What we were talking about with that close affiliation Bam Adebayo also won, remember, against Sabonis and the and that skills challenge. And D Wade was a judge for I'm pretty sure he's a judge for that. He was a judge for that challenge. I remember him uh dabbing him up after that. But um yeah. <laughs> no, that's petty, bro. That's so petty. You just, you just saying throw my throw D Wade out, out out of the whole all-star. He can't even walk in the building, bro. He can't even walk into the yeah, building. I mean, listen, it's it's all cool, I guess, but like I mean, Aaron Gordon, he came out I probably I think the next day or the day after on social and he was telling his followers, look, I'm just expressing my feelings, man. Don't take it to heart. Don't take it so deeply. Um, and then Wade and Gordon actually did a little Instagram live yeah, together. I saw that, I think that I saw next that. day. And, and I think the funniest thing, at least the thing that I caught was Aaron Gordon was like, uh, man, that's true, though. But hey, listen, man, there was only two people. That uh, actually thought that Derrick Jones Jr. won that contest. It was Derrick Jones Jr. and you. And he was like, <laughs> ah, no, dude. I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. But it's all fun and games. I just think the most, like, I thought the, the most hilarious part in that whole song was how, I don't know if it was, like, shade thrown to D-Wade or what it was, but the Wade Sellers, the wine bottle in the very oh, yeah, first yeah. of the music video. Yeah, yeah. He said Wade on it, and, and then... I mean, he's giving them props in the in the in the music video. Said used to sh- hooping your shoes so comfortably and stuff. So, yeah. you know, they, I mean, they they patched it out. They patched the beef out. I guess. I think it. I think ultimately it was just fun and day, fun and games. I think I bet Aaron went to him first and was like, "Hey, you know, can I make this song?" No, yes. he did not. He, no, didn't, he did not. He, he did not just come up and be like, "I'm gonna do this." Because some of those lyrics are legit. Like, I mean. 
If you say that to some people, you, it was a fighting words to some no, people. No, no. Yes. Damien Lillard always does. <laughs> Damien Lillard and Shaq had that go up. They're not telling people, dude. They're coming out with that heat. Unexpected. No, I bet. I mean, we see this uh, from Aaron Gordon before, though. Like, he just came out a couple, two weeks or so before he dropped this one with his, his other song or music video or whatever. So, I don't know. I think he, he definitely did not. Not tell D Wade he was coming. He might have not said like I. He he might have said I'm gonna write a song about the dunk contest. Is that all right with you? He might not said I'm about to I'm about to go fry you for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> grab these. You know, <laughs> come on, bro. But yeah, it's all good though. I that's like entertaining though. That's like more entertaining than the 2K tournament and the horse. Like, come on, man. Come on. Well, that's just. Song. I mean, I think it's ultimately it gives something at least for. Me, people like you and me something to talk about right coming out yeah. with a diss track you know little young thing what how, how many years he's in the league he said six I mean, years six, six years, years getting yeah. his feet wet in the league and stuff uh, yeah so most of this most of his rhymes didn't really make sense but i mean <laughs> i wouldn't go after kinda, d wade though like if you yeah i know i know that's tough to go out to d wade it is what it is though d wade's you know he's got good humor to him yeah well talking about the the best shit talker on the entire planet that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this MJ documentary here. He had to take a deep breath <laughs> right before we went through all this, man. We we have next week after the episode, we will get back on track and talk about this episode because now we got to catch up for, through the first six. Right. So we'll might do a little weekly Wednesday or some shit type of deal, but mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of just. We'll we'll kind of go through what it's talked about, but let's just you know, I mean, we, me and you haven't really talked about this like to each other yet because you know we've both been real busy. But let's just go through kind of like you know, kind of episode to episode of what um, this is and how it has you know took over the the entire, not even just basketball fans, just the entire. I don't know, sports world, because this is the only goddamn thing on TV. You know? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this, man. And I was actually telling you this. Like, this is the coolest thing, um, obviously, that we have right now since we don't have sports. But this is the coolest thing for millennials, too, like me and you. I mean, for me, dude, I haven't really – I don't really know what happened in the Jordan era. And, you know, my mom's like, yeah, he was good. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what – I've only heard of the 95, 96 Bulls. So this is very informative and it's super cool and it's changing my perspective on how I view who the goat is. I think Jordan, man, like it's, well, we're going to get into it, but it's changing my view a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll just talk about the first couple episodes and go up all the way up to six. The thing that I thought was the coolest thing about it, obviously, you know, um, you know, went to UNC, his parents were very strict, you know, he had a brother who was super competitive um, that, that sort of, drove his drive um, competitive wise. And then he goes to UNC, hits that big shot against Georgetown. Then he comes in as a rookie for the Bulls. No one really likes the Bulls. His teammates are doing coke in the hotel room. And he kind of just had that, that um, mentality that said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, he's still living like a college kid in this room. He's I'm going to go do this. Like I'm going to go to practice. That's what he does. He just, he went savage mode that first, first rookie year and pretty much made a name for himself and the Chicago Bulls. No, I think that's, I think it was, I feel like everybody knows he went to UNC and he did all this and he didn't make his high school team. Like we were talking about just between me and you, but like, I think at the end of the day, I think walking into an NBA that 
at the time the NBA was not as big as it is now, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for him to just, you know, take it as like this is what I'm gonna do, he kinda I feel like he pretty much took that burden of I'm gonna make not only what I wanna do and have a passion for it, but I'm I he probably didn't know it at the time, but he's he's gonna just go in and take the NBA, you know, by storm and bring it up so many levels because that's just how good he became. Mm-hmm. But let's go into a little bit of, you know, breakdown kind of some big topics that happened. Biggest thing I would I would say our biggest topic when we started this season was load management. All these people are talking about this and that of, you know, how many games I should take off or whatever. Jordan comes in the first couple of years and breaks his foot, basically tells his doctors to go fuck himself, right? Like, like, yeah, I'll recover, um, but I'm not. I'm coming back because we're gonna. We gotta, you know. That's what I do. I'm not gonna just sit out because all the doctors are like just sit it out. You know, come back next year or whatnot, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't see that in today's NBA. There, there was a there. He broke his foot, and there was a ten percent chance that he may get hurt. And he was like, "Well, what the hell? What about the other 90? And so they put him <laughs> on. They put him on minute restriction, and yeah. so they showed so many games where Jordan. It was like, like seven minutes a game, I think it was at one time, like or seven minutes a half or something. I was like, "Yeah, what?" Yeah. And really, that all started with the management. Yeah. And let's go into who Jerry Krause is um, and, and what kind of person he was. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, if you've watched that, I, I don't want to like ruin things if you're like waiting for all ten and binge watch it or something. But at the end of the day, Jerry Krause was a very good at what he was doing. Um, yes, he was. He treated his players not the best, but to do what the Bulls did, I don't have a problem with it up until the Scottie Pippen thing. And just, I think on the other side of it, it's just those players just didn't like him. I don't know exactly like the breakdown of their relationships, but I don't know. From my perspective, I just thought – I don't even know how to explain it. I don't. I don't feel bad for Jerry Krause of, and what he's what he was doing. To be totally honest with you, because he I don't was know, in, man. He I'm was in that. that way. He was in a good position to put together a team, and if if the Bulls didn't have Jerry Krause, they wouldn't have won as many games as they did, for sure. I don't think. Yeah, but just like what Jordan says, like who was actually on the court winning those games? I don't know. I think. What do you mean? It's Jordan. He's out there doing it, but who are the other people around him doing? And then stuff? you gotta, you gotta make Scotty. Ha- you gotta make dude. Scotty got rocked, man. That's, <laughs> that's seven year deal, like what fourteen million dollars or something, or I don't even know what it was, like twenty million. That was nothing. Yeah. And Scotty became one of the best players in the league, and it was so unfair to him. And he, you know, as a twenty year old kid making that decision and then making it non negotiable. That's what was so fucked up about that whole management process because they knew they were taking advantage of a 20-year-old kid and saying, man, this is going to sound like a lot of money to him. But they never let him negotiate about that. And that was the worst part about Jerry Krause, in my opinion. And that's what was so frustrating with Scotty. And then Scotty, that was super contagious to Michael and the team. Getting hurt and then saying, oh, I'm not going to do – I'm going to go have my summer even though I got a broken whatever. And then once the season started – that's when he said rehab for his last season said, I don't care about this team anymore. Right. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, it's a coin to flip when you're, when you're putting together a team though, like, you know, you, you can't bank on 
I mean, that's, I think that's ultimately. But my thing, it was, it was non-negotiable. That's the only thing that I think was petty about the whole situation. I think ultimately that's how the, the Warriors lost KD is because he got hurt. You can't bank on it. Yes, his contract was, he could have possibly signed again if they won the championship of, or he was out there doing it. You know, it, it's just hard to be in that situation looking back at it. I, I mean, so I see what you're saying now. Like in the moment, I didn't, I, if I was in his spot, I'd have probably, yeah. you know, probably done some of the same stuff, you know. I have, I have actually so much respect for Scottie Pippen, though. Um, just by them, like informing us his backstory right. of, you know, growing up with what, what youngest of 12 or something. And yeah. Hella, hella siblings. Yeah, his dad had a stroke, was in the hospital. His his younger brother um, was paralyzed in middle school at, like at, on a recess day. Um, and, and it was tough for him, you know, and right. he was from a small town in Arkansas. Um, and then one team took a, a, a chance on him in a central Arkansas, I believe. And, and his story, man, is just, it's very uplifting. And, um, you know, it, and that's what it was, man. Scotty came in a year after Jordan and it was the Jordan Scotty show and Jordan kind of started the whole thing, but then it was Scotty. And then we see in three and four episodes, three and four, the Bulls, or uh, excuse me, the uh, the Bad Boy Pistons, and that's where Dennis Rodman comes in. Right, I think. Right, yeah, I think. I love Dennis Rodman to this day as a basketball player. Yes, he's a little bit, you know, I don't want to say different because that's not a, the, 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 a good term. If you call somebody different, you know, everybody looks at you like he's. But that guy is a different breed of not only basketball player but just a person in general, and. I love him and getting to see the, you know, behind the scenes of how he interacts and how he plays basketball with people. It's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's almost comforting to know that there are other people like, you know, you know, that aren't just normal, you know, they're out there doing crazy stuff. Well, well, the, the whole thing with Dennis Rodman was he was pretty much a normal dude. Um, And then he got into the NBA and realized that, he could have a personality for himself. Right. And so I think that when he found out, you know, that he, you know, was making some money and could kind of do what he do, that's what he did to make himself happy. And plus he was, he was like one of the best players on the Pistons, man. When right. you, when you look at that Pistons team, that was actually pretty cool to me. Cause I didn't even know, I didn't know Dennis Rodman was on that team. Yeah. Lamb well, beer, Isaiah well, Thomas, and those guys. The biggest thing I, I, I obviously is because Michael Jordan is probably didn't want it to first of all it's because he hates isaiah thomas and the pistons but mm-hmm. we the whole doc just glossed over that michael jordan lost to the pistons for two years and the pistons went on and won two championships right they just was like oh yeah we we lost oh yeah we lost mm-hmm. you know obviously it's kind of a mj I, I don't think they really glossed over it though they they, they kind of were like we're just we just know we're not physical enough and then like we know who we're playing like the pistons Right, but I think it was, I don't know. I think they, if you hated somebody that much, or and in the end you say, because like the episode we watched last night um, was he, I have so much respect for Isaiah Thomas. Do you really? But give him some credit. He whipped your ass for two years. And then you go and take Dennis Rodman, which was pretty much the puzzle piece that you guys needed, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would have been like, you know, they 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 kicked their ass. I mean, they kind of said that, but I don't know. I, f- I feel like they just 
if you're going to bring the Pistons into the whole conversation, you got to give them the respect they deserve, right? Well, here's the thing, man. Michael Jordan get, did give him respect. They He gave that team respect. And then that's where the next year when they end up beating them, they that respect was not reciprocated <laughs> at all because they talked about that. MJ was like, really? They just walked off right in front of us when they sh- he said, look at, look at the, the prior year. And they showed it, and it's MJ – you know, high-fiving those guys, giving them respect. I think he did have respect for him. And and ultimately what Magic was saying, I was watching Johnson, Magic Johnson today on ESPN. He was saying a team always learns from another team. Right. The Lakers or the the Celtics learned from the Lakers, the Pistons learned from the Celtics, and then the Bulls learned from the Pistons and then beat them. But that's the whole thing with the Thomas thing, man. He, he didn't show any respect. And Isaiah Thomas at the time was saying, well, that's just how it wasn't played out in, in the 80s well, and 90s. I was going to say, just to show a little bit of perspective, um, the year before the Pistons went, it, went crazy, the Celtics, you know, and well, the year that, that ultimately the Pistons did the same thing that the Bulls did be, by beating the Pistons, and when the Pistons beat the Celtics, the, uh, the Celtics just walked off the court. Yeah. And it was yeah. that was kind of glossy. So that my biggest thing is like I guess the question to you, could could teams just walk off the court nowadays or, or is that just not a thing? Like we can't do that anymore. No, nah, absolutely not, man. You would look like a coward. So that's why Exactly. So that's why I think it was a time period in which they were playing that that is okay. It was okay to walk off the court and for some reason that was the biggest deal ever and I don't get that at all. Because multiple I, teams I, I do it, multiple I know, teams, I know. multiple I get it. I get big it. teams do it, and and that, that was okay. But now it's a big deal because Michael Jordan wanted to to that's why, bl- blow it up. That's why Michael Jordan is so different, man. Yeah, he paid he paid respect, man, and he just didn't get it back. So I I, I completely feel Jordan on that. Let's go into this Jordan shot. This wait 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 before we go into Jordan shot. One yeah. thing about I like about Dennis Rodman. Before we gloss over it, because this is my yeah. favorite part of the the whole episode or the whole where he's drinking and going on vacation. Yeah, the vacation, bro. <laughs> we can talk he about goes, the vacation. He goes into to Phil's office and says, "Hey, I need a vacation." <laughs> yeah. What if I don't? I, 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 first I think, of all, I think how, that's when he said, "I I need a vacation." And then Phil went to Jordan and said, "Hey, uh, Rodman said he needs a vacation." Jordan says, "The fuck for what? Anybody needs a vacation? It's me." Yeah, and he, he gives him for, he well, Jordan agrees to forty eight hours, and where is he going? Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> MGM, baby, MGM. Well, he was like, he was like, "Well, how long?" Dennis to Phil Jackson was like. Well, or Phil Jackson to Dennis was like, well, how long do you need? And Rodman's like, 48 hours, man. Yeah. That's all I need. And Phil's like, all right, Jordan. He said he's going to be back in 48 hours. There's no way in hell we are going to see him back in 48 hours. Hell no. What do you, <laughs> what what player nowadays could do that though? Like, hey, ultimately I need a, I need a vacation. And the coach would be like, I right, I got you. Steph Curry. Hands down, Steph Curry. Because Steve <laughs> okay. Kerr played for the Bulls, dude. He gets it. No. Yeah, they all talked you, about that. You got the right team, but that's not the right player. I think if Draymond Green went to Kerr, uh, Coach Kerr, he would be like, yo, I need like I need my 48 hours to go do. I need to go back up to, to Michigan State, 
get arrested by hitting some getting in a bar fight or some shit and i'll be cool for the rest of the year <laughs> i can see draymond going out and doing something but the, the funniest the funniest thing about that whole situation was carmen electra was rodman's girlfriend at the time and and they're like man we haven't seen we haven't seen dennis it had been about a week and uh a carmen electra goes yeah i heard a knocking on the door and i just see michael jordan and i hid immediately i didn't tell him well i didn't even open the door for him and jordan just comes walking in or splurging in not walking in and sees he said i wasn't gonna tell you what's in the room or who was in the room but we told him to get the fuck out of the bed and you got to get back to practice <laughs> but props to phil jackson because that's what makes him so great he needed that time and he came back and he just turned it around and got straight to business so i yeah i i, I applaud him for that honestly i think that's what makes him so great mm-hmm. but yeah let's go to the shot the the iconic picture of, you know, fist bump in the air, you know, jumping, whatever. Yeah, I guess they were saying, I, I, I can't remember what year this was, um, but this is when the Cavs were really good, and this is when they were in the what, – what, Liam, if, I don't know. What what game was that? Uh, what series was, was in, that? This was in the Eastern Conference Finals. To, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. To, they went to, to games. Them, yeah. yeah, game seven against the Cavs. Jordan does. He gets the ball. I mean, in that timeout, you see the other coach stop Jordan. Don't let Jordan get the ball. Gets the ball, goes to that free throw line, does the double clutch, jumps up in the air. The fist, he said, all you motherfuckers go to hell. He said that. If you look at his words and then he said that, he said that. I was like, damn, that's so savage. He was a savage player, man. Bro, he, he, did, he did not care about it. He didn't. I mean, he cared about a lot of things, but he did not care about hurting that that guy's feelings across mm. the the bench. But yeah, I think, I mean, we we see we see just greatness that pretty much only what I think you alluded to it when we first started talking about this was I didn't know, you know, I didn't know Michael Jordan. That's not my my player. I grew up with. I grew up with Kobe and lebron james as my 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 goats you know mm-hmm. like those are my guys that i grew up with so it was very cool um to see so i mean last couple episodes that we watched last night the first three pete which is kind of cool you know they kind of brought up the the whole thing about the new york knicks in 93 to kind of push into those that finals and mm-hmm. i don't know just all the atmosphere all the controversy that is around Jordan, and that's when he kind of, you know, knew that this is what he had to do, and ultimately that's kind of pushed him to, you know, start thinking about being that best player forever, you know? Right, facing Patrick Ewing, Charles yeah. Barkley against the Suns right there. Yeah. I mean, Charles Barkley was MVP. Charles was actually on ESPN today, and he was like, I was better than Jordan that season. That's why I was MVP. Like, he, sta- right. he definitely stands his ground with that, but – Jordan, man, he he packed that one bag when they went and they, <laughs> they went two and zero, oh and then they lost two at home, yeah. and or whatever it was, and he went back to Phoenix and he he told his team, "I'm only packing one bag. Right. We're and, gonna beat these guys." Yeah, I mean, basically, he he was like, you know, to the Charles Barkley point, like Charles Barkley got MVP, he can have that. I'm gonna get my what I want, and that's the championship. And right, um, I mean, poor Barkley, dude, honestly. That was his only chance to win a, a championship. Only time he got to a finals, and he's getting a, a, a great series to to the Bulls, and he he has to run into to Michael. I mean, Best I feel bad. Ever. I feel bad for Charles. I feel like Charles needed one. He needed one, right? He definitely needed one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, in that 
thing we see. I mean, yes, we all know now Michael Jordan, all the gambling stuff has arisen and, you know, it's documented. But you think he has a gambling problem? Do you think you have a gambling problem? Did you I ever don't. did you ever have a gambling problem? <laughs> Yo, I had a gambling problem for a sec. But I'm glad I stopped, man. Jordan, I mean, with that kind of money that he had, I mean, he was playing golf. And he was, you know, going out with Danny Ames before they played the Celtics. And yeah. you don't – he's competitive. He's got that competitive spirit. And to make it more competitive, you know, bet, bet a couple – 50 grand on it. I don't know. A couple thou wow on it. So, yeah. I don't think he had – I really – I'm not going to say he had a gambling problem. Uh, yeah. People that said he had a gambling problem, like, man, I mean, you look at sports and you want it to be competitive. You want yeah. to put money on it. If you have money, if you want to – Jordan, the biggest thing he was saying about that was, I I don't bet on anything else. I bet on myself. Right. So, I mean, I know it, it, that's hands down. No gambling problem. Bet on yourself. I think that was another thing that people didn't realize at the time either was, you know, the dollar amount that was, was thrown out there of – millions of dollars that he's betted on and mm. people don't understand like yes that is a lot of money but when you're making michael jordan money like this man's net worth right now is like one point i think it's 1.85 billion dollars mm-hmm. so it's like you know if he bets a hundred thousand dollars one weekend that is nothing no no money to him you know mm-hmm. and so i think people didn't realize that and they heard these numbers that were coming out and like Oh, this guy obviously has a problem. Right. But at the same time, though, I don't think Jordan realized, like, who he was yet. I think, you know, obviously he wanted to just go out and just be Michael Jordan. But that's the the whole controversial argument is, you know, you got guys that are the most famous people in the world, like a Muhammad Ali or like a Michael Jordan. You got to know when you're cool is, man. I mean – can't just go out there and, and game. I don't think Jordan realized that, you know? Right. And I think the saddest thing that I saw though, was he was getting interviewed in his hotel room and he was, it was the time that he was like, you know, I'm reaching my end goal. Like I'm, I mean, there's a time to, to step away from the game and stuff. And this is, I've reached that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ultimately goes on to say that, you know, I, I, I I didn't realize like I'm a, if you don't if you don't believe in what I was doing, then I'm, I'm I shouldn't be your role model, you know. And I think mm-hmm. I didn't understand at the time that everybody's I want to be like Mike. So you everybody was looking to him, and he just didn't understand that, like you were saying, not everybody knew, or he didn't knew he didn't know that everybody was wanting to be like Mike. And right, looking up to him. And he was, even if you say you don't want want people to be your role model or look up to you, at that time and how famous you were, you had, you, I mean, everybody, you That's had no choice. Yeah, you had. You, you had no choice and you, you had to be that person that they, you know, kind of media. Right. So, Michael, we see Michael getting a little bit of trouble. You know, he's owing some guy back. This guy's who he owes. He's in court. And so, I mean, that's really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really watch a lot of that because my power went out, but I feel like that's what really caused the question of, did he have a gambling problem because he owed some guy more than $50,000 or something yeah. like that. But it was just, anyways, a, it was a gambling bet and, you yeah. know, and he, the other guy got caught up in stuff and he got, you know, in trouble with the law for real, for real. So everybody's like, Oh, Michael knew him. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then they're asking if he's shaving points or if he's shaving games or something like that, because that actually was a thing back in, you know, Ali days and Sonny Liston, Sonny Liston, you know, shaving points just to win more money. Whoever's paying you under the belt. Right. I don't know. I think it's kind of blown. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No. But Um, um, yeah. yeah. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe and uh, Dream Team. Yeah. Kobe, I think it was. I think it was cool to, to see Kobe in there. Um, kind of got my feelings when I when I heard like how much Michael meant to him, and knowing mm-hmm. that was like kind of the last. It's been the last like words that nobody's heard from Kobe. You know, like we yeah. knew he did this interview, and then everybody's kind of waiting to see what he said, and he kind of gotten in his feelings as well, and saying basically, you know, Michael. I mean, if you ever like me. You got to know who Michael is because that's who I got my stuff from. And I was like, you know, that's and it just relays to back to what we were saying. Like we we didn't know Michael, but I knew Kobe very well. You know, I've watched every championship Kobe won, you know. And so, you know, knowing that he got his game from Michael, I thought that was really a little Laker boy. Yeah, the little Laker boy is is, uh, um, MJ called him. He was playing against uh, him in the, the All-Star game or something, mm-hmm. and he was like, man, you got to watch out for that Lake boy. All he wanted to do is go one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because, I mean, he's people say that about Michael when he first entered the league too, so mm-hmm. it was just cool. It was yeah. definitely cool. Um, and then the Dream Team, biggest thing I I didn't know about the Dream Team was – not only did Michael Jordan hate Isaiah Thomas, how many other people hated Isaiah Thomas, man? Right, man. There are 12 guys on a team. They said about nine of the 12 guys did not want Isaiah Thomas on, on the Dream Team Summer Olympics in 92 right there. And, you know, that's they're, they're, those guys are hanging out with each other every single day for two months. Right. And it wasn't just Michael, man. Michael didn't have – you know, he has a saying and obviously they didn't like each other, but then those other guys are like, I don't really want to chill with Isaiah Thomas too. I mean, so that's what, what did Isaiah ultimately do? Just be a part of the, the bad boy Pistons. And that's what happened. And nobody likes him because he was rough and rowdy out there or whatever, rough and tough and yeah. just punched in your mouth. So we don't like Isaiah. I feel like there's something else that Isaiah Thomas did besides like, I mean, we knew about the, I don't know he had a conf- uh, controversial saying about somebody I forgot who it was that got brought up, but that that can't be. There has to be something else that I think everybody just hated the Pistons, man. I mean, they the Pistons talked about how they were gonna crash your party, man. They were that team with Celtics, whoever they're playing, they're just gonna go out there and physically beat you up. I think because when when Isaiah Thomas got interviewed for the dream team or about the dream team. He said, I met every qualification, but for some reason I just didn't get the, the, the bid. I think, yeah. I think, I think something else. There's happened. absolutely no bid for Isaiah Thomas. Yes. He had, he, yes, he could have easily gotten it. He, he checked out like his, yeah. he's that player, but I don't know. I feel like there was something, I think, I think there's something you know he's still butthurt about it today. Oh yeah. You could just thousand percent. You could just see it in his face too when he was getting interviewed. He's like, I don't get it. 
Yeah, really. The other the other big thing about this dream team is this big practice that everybody is talking about. How ego is just going after another ego, alpha male after another alpha male. You got David Robinson and Charles Barkley going at it. You got uh, Larry Bird and um, like Reggie Miller going at it, and then you got you know ultimately Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson going at it. Johnson, they're up like twelve points or something. He says, "You better bring that, that Air Jordan out in you." And they they were going at it, man. And that Air Jordan did Air Jordan. You know, he won that practice, and and those guys have talked about that practice is really what the the coolest thing about them all hanging out with each other because they all just pushed each other to a whole nother level. Right, and I think ultimately. We kind of got a little bit of that in the doc, but I think that was the the time and the place in which the entire league, because obviously you got the best group of guys, excluding Isaiah Thomas. I don't know. Again, I don't know why, but excluding Isaiah Thomas in the NBA, all kind of you know feed off of those top guys, and that was the time in which Michael Jordan was like, "I am that guy. I am the best mm-hmm. player," without coming out and saying. I'm the best player in the league. That was the time. It was like yeah. the torch has been passed. And, you know, yeah. he was saying in practice, he said, man, this ain't the eighties anymore, man. This is the nineties. Right. Know? Right. So, I mean, I love to see it. I mean, I like the, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to look for a little bit more. I don't know. These last two episodes were kind of, I don't know. They didn't have enough content, I guess for me, um, but we'll see about this. This next one, we'll see about the second three-peat and mm-hmm. see kind of how it closes out. I hope there's a, a good ending to it because, I mean. We got four more. We got yeah. four more. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it turns out. I wish they'll they'll say something about Isaiah Thomas, I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, last thing that – what's up with – what's up with – We'll go into our Pacers segment real quick because I want to talk to you about what's going on with Oladipo. Uh, what was he doing? He he declined his. Uh, I don't know. I guess we offered him an eighty million dollar. They this is the words they're using an insulting eighty million four year deal. I think what they gave Brogdon. So Vic doesn't want that coming off of he a. He declined it. Well, did so he, now other big market teams like the New York Knicks per se have money for Victor Oladipo. Was that like our bottom dollar where we can't do anything more? Probably, dude. I mean, we just yeah. I mean, Sabonis. We got to get rid of somebody. We have to keep. <laughs> we have to keep Oladipo. If we don't keep Oladipo, I'm not a Pacers fan anymore, dude. It's, that's that's so stupid. They get rid of him. But I mean, he wants he wants money, dude. He's a good enough player. He's an all star. He wants money. Pain. I mean, c- coming off of a almost could be a career-ending injury. I don't know, dude. I don't know. But yeah, that's the the latest on our Pacers. We um we might lose Victor Oladipo. Nobody's saying that. Fingers crossed. But yeah, yeah I we just I just uh, saw that come across my phone today. There's a bunch of rumors out, man. Who, yeah. who knows? But, who really knows right now? I mean, are you really like in conversations with other teams? Or are they really speculations about anything else like that going on? I don't know. But yeah, um, this is kind of a longer one. We had some some content we really wanted to you know talk about just because we haven't talked about a lot of things in a couple of weeks. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll kind of dissect these next couple episodes of the Jordan Doc next week on Wednesday. 
But with that, if you don't have anything else, Mr. Twisington. I think Lord Simp is out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that, this week's episode is a wrap. Make sure to follow us follow us on social media at Man to Man Podcast on Instagram and at Man to Man Pod on Twitter. Go away as five stars and good reviews on Apple and Spotify. Also, for those YouTube listeners out there, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> Um, we live stream all of our episodes every Sunday and Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. But with that, we will catch you next week. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste. Peace and nation, baby. <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm straight hustling.